Hello, and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast. I am your host, Eric Tenkar, your bartender in the OSR, your main proprietor at the Tenkar's Tavern blog. So today, we're going to take another another of the Christopher picks, and uh, I'm going to discuss winging it, or improvisation, when it comes to games, role-playing games especially. Now, probably the best I've seen at it is Bill Webb. Bill Webb comes into a game session and you know, it's just like give him a few keywords, give him two or three minutes and and boom, he's ready to go. The, the the imagination is outstanding. Now, I don't know what his process is though when he's going through it. I can tell you however what my process is. See, when I run a campaign game, at the very least, I have a good outline of the adventure, and I might improvise some of the dungeon trappings, or, or if my players have uh, latched on to uh, a story element that I had no idea was even there, but they're enjoying it, I'll improvise to keep it going for them a lot of times. But when I run convention games, here's a secret, folks. I have very little more than an outline. Sometimes, not even that. Yeah, case in point, Rappanathic. I ran Rappanathic a number of times at different conventions over the years. Uh, 3D printed terrain, so your players can see the map. And it's a published level of Rappanathic. So your players can know the level. So, where when I and that and that's the adventure, I ran so many times. I I knew the rooms, front and back, but they never played out the same way twice. Because I would, in my head, I was before we even started the adventure, I already had ideas of what I wanted to throw in. And when I improvise, a lot of times I like to throw in potential role play incidents or encounters. So if the players take a second to think and converse with their adversaries, they may get a lot more done. Now, do I know how it's going to play out? Fuck no. I have a general idea of what the main NPC or two might do, might respond. But here's the thing. When you're dealing with people, your players. If you think of a dozen ways that the encounter may go, they'll find a 13th. Guaranteed. So, it's not just improvisation. It's preventing yourself from over-preparing. If you are over-prepared, you are going to put your players and their characters into a funnel, but not like a DCC funnel. You're going to funnel them through the adventure. Their choices aren't going to have much of an impact because you've over-prepared to the point that no matter what decision they have, they have three decisions and they make choice B. All right, but choice B brings them to encounter three. And encounter three has four ways it can go because you've already figured that out. No. 
because when you're gonna, when you're doing that, you're preordaining a lot of stuff. And I think that it's best to have an overall feel. Again, this is especially convention convention play because you're not looking about long term consistency, which is a whole other issue. But if you're talking about convention play, winging it or working off your players and keeping things moving works, in my experience, very well. Again, now, recently uh, we started running Teagle Manor, and I say we, the frogs, uh, at conventions. Teagle Manor, I run it with Swords and Wizardry Light. It means my players are, ro- are rolling first-level characters at the table unless they've already played in my games, in which case they might be coming back with a character. They might even be level two. Level two PC, holy shit. But uh, if I play it, if I run it by the book, it, it, it's not going to make it past the first encounter. That, that first room, they're going to be dead. But if you know it well enough to know the elements, to know what makes it tick, and it isn't the encounters that necessarily kill the PCs, it's the flavor, it's the feel, you can adjust that to your players. Here's the other thing about winging it or improvising as a DM. Again, especially in convention play. In convention play, you have two scenarios. Either you're giving out the PCs to everybody, they have pregens, in which case you know exactly what they have. And in a way, you're improvisation is less necessary because the adventure in theory has been written with those certain PCs in mind. But if you are running like I do with generating at the table, because you can do it in 10 minutes or less generally, it's different. It's different, especially when you're running something that's potentially large. Improv or at least flexibility in what you're running helps oh, this party is uh, heavy on fighters and light on magic. No no cleric. Oh, God. All right, well, okay, actually, that's that's the party's own fault on that one. But in that first level, that one cure light is probably not going to make a difference. And that's only assuming they have a high enough uh, wisdom to get that spell at first level. But, yeah. Now, the thing with winging it is it isn't as appropriate or improvising. It isn't as appropriate for long-term campaigns. Because long-term campaigns require a certain amount of consistency. Your players will go back to prior towns. They'll go back to prior shops. They will look for adversaries that may have escaped them. And if you are 100% improvisation or large improvisation, you're going to lose track of all this shit. You're not retaining it because you're you're creating it at that moment, right? And that's a whole other discussion that I could, a whole huge episode or two I could probably have on the differences between running a campaign and running a convention or a one-shot game. You know, if you're doing something for your game store and they're just trying to get, you're going to do a demo. You want to engage those players. You want to keep them currently constantly engaged. 
you know, the, everybody has to be engaged at that moment, pretty much. Whereas the campaign, you can change your focus from one PC to another. You got time. You've got multiple, multiple sessions, but you don't have those options when you are convention playing. So convention playing, I think, is much more geared toward improvisation on the GM's part. But just some random thoughts on my end. Now, just so you all know, over the next uh, couple of days, we'll see how fast I can do it. Uh, the Secrets of Blackmore, The True History of Dungeons & Dragons is a documentary just released about, a, I don't know, a week ago. I just got around to downloading it now. I am going to watch it. I am going to talk about it, review it. There's an article on Kotaku, of all places, by my favorite reporter, uh, where she talks about it. You can certainly go there and look. I haven't read the article yet, and it has been sent to me. But, you know, I need to be a little bit more intox and the totally sober I am right now before I can read one of a Cecilia's articles. Because I'm sure it's going to have a, an angle. Now, just so you all know, uh, Dave Arnson, the, 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 where Gary did Chainmail and, you know, brought the idea of fantasy gaming to wargaming. Uh, Arneson is the one that kind of brought roleplay aspects to wargaming. So the two, it's like uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Chocolate and peanut butter and all together, something exceptional. So, again, I'll talk about that over the next couple of days or in the next couple of days or some shit like that. As always, folks, if you get a chance, if you're listening on iTunes, drop us a review. If you uh, shop on Amazon you want to support the tavern and all things that it does, it is Amazon.com slash shop slash Eric Tenkar. Not that bad, right? Pretty easy to do. And a portion of your sales will go to uh, support the tavern. All right, folks. As always, be safe. Be well. God bless. Roll those dice. And I will talk with you all tomorrow. Later, folks. <laughs>